If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Watch up. And welcome back to another episode of No Silly's Podcast with your host. Now, nah, fuck that with your low, Glasses Malone. I quite don't understand how pussy inflation would matter. How, how, how would explain to me how would pussy inflation have anything that comparable to actual inflation? How it's illustrative. It? You had a policy change called the sexual revolution during which women flooded the market with casual pussy thus driving down the price of pussy you just have to marry one of these women to fucking get some pussy now you kind of got to know one then they tried to add some interest rates to bring the integrity of the value back by making you take them on stupid vacations or buy them overpriced handbags or dinners to try to you know hedge against inflation hey you want to throw some points on the pussy go ahead because i'm going to default straight up you can you can Go ahead and foreclose on the shit. I've already packed my bags. <laughs> Why do I get what the fuck you saying, cuz? Because it's fucking okay, genius. Okay, You're loop, a smart guy. Look that again, cuz. Uh, today, you Professor Pete, cuz on no sentence, because <laughs> you about to teach a bunch of hood motherfuckers about inflation. So now, compared to inflation, as far as how pussy works, you feel me for as far as males went. Do that again. Run that whole thing again. All right. Pussy was like the currency for dating or for relationships or whatever for, you know, since the dawn of man, right? So that was that was the that was the actual uh what do you call it? The uh So pussy was was the currency for relationships in in humankind. 
So pussy is like gold. No, pussy is like cash. Sure, like gold. Not quite. Because pussy was tied to the gold standard, which used to be a wedding band. Well, no. We took so, so wouldn't that hold up? And I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to make sure I'm getting this right. So right. that makes sense. I got it. So I got it. I got the correction. Consistent pussy or the uh, the ownership of such an investment is the gold standard, and pussy itself is cash. Go ahead. Okay, got it. Yeah, that's fair to say, right? Because it's not yeah. marriage. Marriage is the consistency of pussy. The 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 allure of the availability all the time. Yeah, marriage is the marriage is, is so the marriage job. Is That's your occupation. Sure. Okay. So so That's running out now now back it up. Okay. So now pussy and compared to the American dollar. Yeah. When interestingly enough, both came off the gold standard around the same time in the 60s, 70s. Yeah, early 70s. Okay. So pussy predated real money. It, it always it always predates the sure. economy. Sure. So we don't when when the dollar was on the gold standard, we weren't running around trading gold because it was the gold standard. The, the currency is representative of a gold standard, which was actually, interestingly enough, put together by Sir Isaac Newton initially back in the early 18th century England. That's how England vaulted ahead of the Dutch and other European countries in global commerce and power so rapidly. So so instead of carrying around these gold bars. You would have these IOUs of this was the same value of the gold you have. Somebody's holding the gold. So they had to run around carrying this heavy ass shit. You had these simple promissory notes of this is somebody's amount of gold that I'm giving you on this piece of paper. So then that's cash. Okay, so now back to the pussy comparison because the pussy shit was great. Okay, go ahead. So when you come off the gold standard, there's nothing tying your value to your note other than your own other other than basically confidence in you as an entity and when women had the sexual revolution you didn't have to marry a woman to get the pussy you just had to show up and so it flooded the market with casual pussy thus driving down the, the value of the pussy of of of, of an individual piece of pussy. of pussy or is it driving down the value of women it drove down the well, that depends on how you want to look at it. It does drive down both. It drove down the value of pussy because when pussy is so casual, it's not that big a deal, you know? Sure, yeah. I, it's funny. I was arguing with the homies in the group chat, and they was trying to convince me that, like, pussy was special. And I'm like, now, nah, pussy used to be special, but now everybody getting pussy. You know, downtown at the loft. I would walk through Skid Row just to clear my head. Like I was so close. So I would just walk. You're going to say just to get some pussy. <laughs> no, no. I was walking through Skid Row really just to uh, to clear my mind, like staying grounded and rooted, you know, never letting the economics or success get me too far away from the corner and what's what it's about. So people would be fucking intense. It's homeless people getting pussy. So at that point, I realized pussy wasn't special. Yeah. I mean, as this far is true. as. The, the fucking value portion of it. Everybody of was getting some pussy. So, okay, now back to the comparison. So the sexual revolution has now so much casual pussy because based before the sexual revolution, you had to damn near marry a woman to get some pussy. You had to earn a dollar. And the sexual revolution was like a gigantic stimulus bill and it flooded the market with 
random, inflated, valueless pussy. So you're calling the PPP the pussy protection plan, where it was just pussy everywhere for everybody. Yeah. And that's why the American dollar is fucked up because of because there's just uh, there's an excess of supply for everybody. So yeah. niggas don't even got to be special. Men don't got to be special no more to get pussy. You don't got to go do nothing. Pussy is just available. Does it look like most of the men getting p- pussy these days are special? Probably not. No, it's not. And they don't have to do nothing special. Nothing. They just have to exist. So you said that's how people. So that's what's fucking up the American dollar, the currency right now, because you didn't have to do anything to earn the dollar. It was exactly. And, and, and it outpaced the supply of the st- of what you were trying to get. That's the real gist of it. It outpaced the supply of the goods you were using to purchase it with. You know, cu- currency exists for really one reason, because it's it's a medium for bartering. That way you can have an even trade. Otherwise, it's like you got brake pads. I got oranges. They don't equate really easily. Someone's going to walk out with either too many brake pads or not enough oranges. or so- Someone's getting screwed in every single transaction. So if you just ha- or you might just not want oranges. I got enough oranges, but I need brake pads. All I got is oranges. That way you can guarantee a transaction will happen and it will be as close to fair as possible. You know? Mm-hmm. So like now there, there's like there's more casual pussy than there are, you know, like real women out there. You know, like I don't need to fuck be have Ashley to get some pussy. I could try to get Ashley and fail and go get some pussy in an hour. Mm, that actually makes perfect sense. I actually fully understand it now. And and what's interesting also is what we're seeing the Fed is trying to buy money back by raising the interest rates because interest is just. Sure, it's creeping now. It's, 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 it's coming up and, and that's just wasted so did, money. So this would be the equivalent if women was like, not only now do you have to marry me to get the pussy, but you have to marry me. Okay, what would be the comparison of what the feds are doing? If We're not trying to go back to the gold standard. We're just trying to rein in the madness a little bit. And that's all. We're just trying to, we just need to pull a little bit of integrity back into the value of our dollar. That's all women are attempting to do. You got to take me to Mastro's. You got to fly me to Cabo. You got to buy me an Hermes bag because we went out for an hour and you want to fuck me. That's just, that's just interest. That's just interest. That's just, that's, Three and a half points. So, uh, first off, no ceilings. Glasses low. My man Peter Boss in the spot. Professor Pete today, because I feel like the community don't have enough conversations about inflation. So it's really important for us to address this in a, in a very communal way. And, and and nobody is greater at this than Professor Pete. As and nothing's more communal than the modern day. Right now, yeah. But <laughs> well, we go uh we're gonna let Professor Pete break it down in the comparative ways of pussy and the value. Okay, so so wouldn't the smartest thing for women to stand up and say, you know what, you have to marry us to get the pussy again? That would bring complete order back to the system, right? Absolutely. Unfortunately, much like the U.S. government, 
government, women do not want to abide by the constraints of their own aspirations for integrity. They don't want to pay the cost to be the boss, so to speak. They want to still frivolously live this irresponsible lifestyle, but try to have a way to not let the wheels totally fall off the vehicle. So they still want the freedom of fucking without the consequences of inflation. Exactly. But is that isn't that unrealistic at that point? Well, I'd say we crossed that bridge. Mm. And and it most certainly is. It, it it is an unsustainable monetary policy. I mean, we have had an unsustainable monetary policy in the states for a very long time. We had you know a huge wave of between technological development of a lot of goods, globalization and importing of goods and e-commerce that enables you to like price compete somebody who had a small brick and mortar store three blocks from you versus like some guy who's got a warehouse out in Walmart, Sioux, Sioux Falls, Idaho or whatever. Yes. Anywhere it, 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 it flooded. It was, it was able to keep pace stride for stride with ridiculous government spending. And people didn't really know that much other than say like housing market going up and down, which kind of had its own factors. So, Hypothetically speaking, what would be the match? Like, how would you match this? What would be the comparative? What would be the interest rate that the Fed would have to raise money? You know, money is expensive right now. So the interest rate is they have, they have to go up on loaning it. Right. So if you're somebody for money is expensive, they're talking about the price to borrow money. So if women said, you know what, the only way we're going to give men pussy now. Right is if they marry us outside of the traditional prostitutes initially or the couple fast girls. But let's say they say, you know what? The only way you get in this pussy at this point, right, is if you marry me. What does that interest rate look like in the housing market? Where would you have to raise loaning money to to make that the equivalent of women actually having a full set of stern standards before to, to, to counter casual pussy? Well, the two aren't exactly parallel. I mean, like saying we're going to have a hard and fast marriage standard for pussy would be the equivalent of there being a balanced budget amendment to the Constitution saying that the government cannot run a um, – oh, boy. What, what's the what, – what, a deficit, an annual deficit. They have to they, – they have to budget – you have to get ready. You have the, to balance out all your debt. You can't run you gotta, out. Yeah, you got to come to zero every year. Holy shit. So 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 that would be the equivalent of of that without being on a on a currency gold standard. Otherwise, you have to have one of two things happen. You could have like zero economic growth, which is we're kind of a negative right now. And your and, and your interest rate would have to pro, would have to like exceed inflation. So if inflation, you have to have an honest inflation too. Like the way they measured inflation back in 1979 and 80 is not how they measure it today. So like the 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 list of items that define inflation would have to be expanded. So it's way worse than we think it is. Yeah, yeah. It's probably some like, I mean, shit. Look, I mean, just look at stuff. Gas is up double. Most grocery items are up like fifty percent. I mean, it's up a lot. You know, rent 
in the last couple of years has gone up like 30% at least, you know, so you have to, pro- you have to have your interest match your inflation or exceed it. And that was why like, like the Carter administration, the stagflation and the Carter administration, the fed had interest rates. I think my dad's student loan from college was like 21% or something like that. Jesus Christ. Insane. Back when the houses they were around fifteen or sixteen percent, right? They'd have been more than that because they're gonna, you know, you can't borrow money for less than the federal interest rate. So it was very high. Mm-hmm. That's why houses were were very cheap. Yeah. Okay. So we both agree that the model is unsustainable. We both agree with that, right? We both. Yeah. Uh. I want to tell you a story, right? And it's a weird story because it kind of talks about inflation. Um, and it's a biblical story. Uh, you ever heard the story of Jesus and the money changers? I believe you talked about it that one time. Yeah. So Jesus is like the one time Jesus loped up in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus was a pretty like smooth character in the Bible. You know what I mean? He was always cool, callous, even when they were about to kill him and knock him down, chip him. You feel me? Like, he was cool and callous. But the one time Jesus acted a fool, and I think it's important, right, because I appreciate biblical ideas. You know, it's just a conversation of soul and, and spirit. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. things that you should be outraged about. And I, 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 it's been a while since I read the story, but I think I got the gist of it. So to praise God, right, initially at these times in the story, right, you will go to the the, the church or the temple. And you would deposit or or donate or put in a plate two shekels, two gold shekels. I think the number was a, a gold shekel or two gold shekels. And at that time, to make it work, praising God was the most desired thing to do. You know, what I mean, outside of traditional business, you know, so praising God, you know, people would trade gold shekels, right, for apple pies or a pair of shoes. So maybe two apple pies got you. Uh, a gold shekel or two gold shekels. It's amazing where your financial priorities go when a certain financial priority isn't quite the state that it is in you know modern America. What what is it that they weren't paying for outright in the way that we pay for back in those days? Something I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> they probably still paying for it then. <laughs> Ain't no telling. It's just everybody. So long story short, right? So. Um, so you like an apple pie or two apple pies will get you a gold shekel, right? It says one gold shekel to praise God. Two apple pies will get you a gold shekel. A pair of shoes will get you a gold shekel. So a person that made apple pies will trade it for a gold shekel. A person that made shoes will trade it for a gold shekel. A person that made pants, a roofer, you know, different people, you know, right? They they bartered all their services. That's how they live, right? Like you said, the barter system. But then they got these gold shekels to praise God. Well, some group of people, Right. Based biblically decided, like, you know, the desire to praise God is like astronomical. Right. So if we have possession of all the gold shekels, we could determine what people should have to pay to praise God. So that one apple pie turned into five apple pies to get one gold shekel. 
right? That one pair of shoe turned into four pair of shoes to praise God, right? That uh, all the roofers, you know, turned into these crazy numbers just to praise God for one gold shekel. And when they would take the gold shekel, I'm assuming they would go put it in some sort of a... At the temple. Yeah, and the same guy who gave him the shekels walking around to the other side of the door just taking the shekel right back. (laughs) So Jesus' problem... So they was like, this is the shit. This business model is the shit. So they was like, you know what? We need to have it set up at the temple. Mm -hmm. And all of the people in the community started complaining about it. And they told Jesus. And Jesus went down there and seen what was going on, that they were doing this shit, right? This ridiculous shit at the temple inside the the, 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 the house that the Lord built for worship. And he got a broom and started whacking ass upside the head and chasing them out of the temple with it. And a lot of people, well, me primarily, but other people I know, believe that's that became the demise of Jesus Christ. That day right there, he was finna hang on the cross. It wouldn't be uh, terribly shocking. It would it would fall in line with history. Remember Abraham Lincoln? People thought Abraham Lincoln got knocked off because of the slaves. Right? But you know, like I know, when they was fighting that war, right? The Civil War, and he went to the Fed to borrow money. Right? He went to the Fed to borrow money. And the Fed was trying to, you know, extend their charter of printing bills to the United States of America because most people don't realize this, but the Fed, the Federal Reserve and this country, as much as they seem the same, are separate entities. They have separate self-interest. It, 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 it sometimes can line up, but it's not the same entity. It's, it's a different entity where they allow people from, you know, the American government to be a part. But at that point, you could corrupt them. So Abraham Lincoln went to borrow money to fight a war. I don't think most people understand this about how. This works. So he goes to the Federal Reserve to, to borrow money to buy supplies and everything he needs to fight the Civil War. And he goes and they're trying to charge him a ridiculous interest rate where they extend their charter to, I think it was like perpetuity, like permanent or 100 years or some crazy number. And the money they wanted back for what he was trying to borrow. Mm-hmm. They wanted a crazy interest rate. So Lincoln got mad. He was like, fuck it. And one of his generals, told him like, man, you could print your own money and do the same thing. And he didn't see how that would work because they had been using the Federal Reserve currency for so long. And he said, look, long as you make it payable to taxes, right, long as you make it payable to taxes, people will take it. And that's how we got the greenback. Oh, the treasury note. The treasury note, right, the greenback. So now Lincoln wins his war. And you know what he's about to do now, because he got an attitude about how they were trying to do him to fight the war. Next thing you know, this motherfucker come up shot. Andrew Jackson came up shot. Martin Luther King was preaching all that shit the whole time for years and years and years. Oh, it's all good. We all equal. We all the same. We good, man. Nobody cared. They didn't trip. His last year or two of life, them speeches start talking about coming for checks and y'all owe us and we coming for our money. Shot. 
niggas be getting shot fucking with that money, just like fucking with that pussy. Yeah, I mean, now, like, these, you know, world banks and and stuff like that, like, do you, like, I guess a little bit of trivia for for the audience. You know what the largest industry in the world is right now? It's um, it's currency exchange between seven and eight trillion dollars a day, uh, in in currency trading happens, which is just like a, a miscarriage of value. And I think it's like some seventy times the total value of, of exchange of goods and services is just in currency exchange, and that's kind of like the death of of the you know the system of money in general like you you know you're using the thing you're supposed to that's supposed to be fixed to enable other trade and you're trading that so you so now it's like you you're trying to conduct normal commerce you know i i grow wheat i sell wheat i price it to the market and the medium of the market is going up and down because people are trading the market's medium against somebody else's market's medium. And then you want to sell your wheat to Belgium, but Belgium's shit's been trading against ours. So it, it, it really convolutes the market and, and you can see the amount of potential loss value for goods and services, particularly internationally. Um, so, you know, you, you, you all in on this money shit, Pete, professor Pete. I've always had an issue with America outsourcing everything Mm -hmm. like that seems as if it's the most unpatriotic thing you could do it seems like the most selfish thing you could do right um so again i'm gonna compare it to my neighborhood right it was a time where we were all hustling right we hustled in the hood like all my older homies created this this uh What's the word I'm looking for? Almost like a like a like a flow of currency. Like the the neighborhood became this super wealthy, you know, well for PCP. So the whole community of Los Angeles, everybody from different communities knew to come to 117th Street, 7th Street Watch, right, to buy their PCP. They had the highest quality, you feel me, and they was gonna always have it on deck. So everybody around Los Angeles would come to my hood to buy PCP, right? Mm. And the rules were simple, right? Because you had all of these older dudes build this economy, right? The rules was, you know, one, you know, buy from here, buy from here, buy from one of the homies, do not buy from out of the community, right? And at that point, it cost a little bit more money. Let's say a 16 ounce of shine, right? Which is a Snapple bottle, right? It might in the community, right? In on the seventh, it might have cost you a thousand dollars, but you could actually buy it outside of the hood for five or six hundred dollars. So I remember I would argue with my homies who would want to go buy from somebody else because they are worried about the profit. Not to mention, right? So off an ounce of shine, when a, when a stick is five dollars, right? You know, with a cigarette, a dip of the cigarette is only five dollars a PCP, yeah. right? there was roughly 60 dips in a bottle, right? So you'll make $300, right? So even if you pay $1,000 for a 16 ounce of, of Sherm of PCP, you still would make $4,800. And you was going to run through that 16 ounce stick for stick, maybe a couple pours, you know, where somebody could buy a $20, $30 pour. You're going to run through that, right? And 
a week. Everybody. Because the whole Los Angeles County and beyond, you know, even people would come from the Inland Empire, Orange County, you know, the Valley, because they knew about our product. And um, so even if you paid a thousand dollars to an older homie from the hood, you know, you would still make forty eight hundred dollars. You know, so you, there was no need to go buy for five hundred dollars. You was only adding an extra five hundred right on top of your profit. And so instead of I said, if it's a thousand dollars, you gonna make forty eight hundred. So that's thirty eight hundred bucks. So instead of forty three, you made thirty eight. But I realized that was how the older homies kept making money. That's how the community kept the dollars within it. And I would argue with the homies that was my age or younger because they would want to go out and buy from somebody else. And I was trying to tell them then, I'm like, yo, that's not how economies work. You know, that's not how economies work. And it, we just had these bad debates. And, and you know, I'm, I'm very stern. Like, I, I think people feel like, you know, I'm a dictator, but only because I've studied enough history to know why it's the way it is. You know what I mean? Why it's the way it is. So I always respected my older homies for setting up an economy that allowed everybody to earn, you know, a great living. You know, really, you could get rich. You could sit on 117th Street and get rich. So yeah. I always had a problem with America outsourcing all of the stuff to try to save a couple of dollars. But you still in so many jobs. You now you have to sell everything at Walmart prices because don't nobody got no money versus when you were paying people in America to make the product. And people have money. So, yeah, something that would have cost four dollars for China to use as slave labor to make it and sell it for four dollars. It would have cost us ten dollars. It had been a better quality. One, two. Somebody can actually afford to pay ten dollars. More people in the American economy can afford to pay ten dollars. So I never quite understood why would they outsource all of the opportunities? It can only be motivated by greed. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses, in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because 
It was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, I think it's a handful of things because that's a very complicated question. Um, like if you look at certain parts of the country, there are certain areas where there is exclusivity, where it's just like this happens here. It can only happen here. And it's always going to happen here. Like, like, like New York, New York financial district or something like that, or the port of LA being that it's the largest port at the infrastructures there and anything coming in across the Pacific is going to be there, you know? or the central Valley for California, um, as far as being able to grow an abundance of that much fruit, you have that much soil quality, weather, water access, all that kind of stuff. I could get to water access in a minute. Um, cause that's about to not be so good, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the issue, like you can outsource things and move on. If you like for California, yeah, you could outsource a bunch of jobs out of California if you en- enable, if you don't have barriers of entry for businesses to grow and replace those jobs. You you need to essentially have an economy grow at about 3% annually to keep up with um, population growth, you know? So if, like right now, it's, it's very difficult to build new housing in California. The price of housing is way inflated. People are priced out of being able to live in California in a lot of cases, or they're all you can do is just not die outside you have enough money to just die in your place because you have no money to even eat that's (laughs) okay so you know if if you create an environment that's very robustly fertile for innovation and growth and development it doesn't matter that much unfortunately and it's all kind of does tie together you have the the government intervention in marketplaces, you know, ha- has gotten way out of whack in the last 40, 50 years in the United States when, like, some company A will go bribe a bunch of politicians to create a barrier of entry law and grandfather them around that law so that nobody else can invade their space. Also, you, know, you come off the gold standard around the same time what within five years probably or less of the United States becoming a bit of a welfare state. So if people are unemployed, it doesn't matter. We'll just borrow, print whatever more money and we'll, and we'll subsidize that problem. It's a problem for the people who went from having a job to having, you know, welfare, but it's still, you know, they're, they're pissed. They're not that pissed, but, uh, 
if you had any integrity to the to the monetary policy, that kind of stuff wouldn't happen. You'd be forced to continue to actually drive drive business growth and drive economic growth. And mm-hmm. if when you can source things for cheaper, you know, you can do the layer on top of that more easily, and the layer on top of that more easily. So it it, it is globalization can cut both ways. It depends on how you manage it. But it still just means it. Ha- the goal is to be profitable for few and leave the majority dependent. Dependent. That's kind of always going to be the case because it's it's the few who innovate and it's the few who who really run things and it's and it's the many who just support you know mechanisms that that beat the competitive market and make and and make the mechanism viable. You know. So you start to use, I know exactly what you mean, but we're going to keep this low. We ain't finna go that far. We're going to keep this on the human, on a regular plan for you. And, that, and that's why I said, I think even that type of thought is just inhumane. Like the point God blesses people with innovation and innovative minds is to do right by human beings, right? The first verb outside of being a single cell organism, right, is to pass information. That's literally the only goal of it. That's the whole purpose of it, right? Pass information. And then the first act for every human being is being humane, right? Which is to care for the next person, to care for human beings. And I think we found some space to where people think caring for somebody is to give them the bare minimum of existence. Like you said, the ability to not die outside is some false sense of what caring is. I had a, uh, I was on IG Live and I was talking to uh, my childhood friend, Sherry, that's there in Florida. And her and a guy I know, a brother named Buck, that built Lowriders in the High Desert, shout out to Buck. They were mad at me about something I was saying on live. Uh, the conversation started. We we're talking about she was saying compared to the South and the West, like, and I'm like, well, we kind of you know, the brothers on the West protest a little different. Like we we are angry group and we just not going to play. And I was like, the brothers in the South, you know, they're a little bit more passive about letting certain things go because historically that's been the history. And long story short, we end up in this place of protesting. And she was like, yeah, but it don't make sense when people tear down their own community. And I said, well, that's the difference with this new generation. This new generation ain't tearing down their own community. This new generation is tearing down shit in wealthy communities. Right. They going over there to the malls. If they looting, if they tripping, they going over there raising hell. And I was telling her, I respect that. I thought that was brilliant. Like that's that's who you want to listen to you. You want the wealthy elite to listen to you and they could turn off the TV. You know what I'm saying? If you're doing it in your community, because that's the only way they're going to see it. But if you take that shit to, let's say, the Beverly Center, they're forced to contend with your attitude. So I respect it. And then I was expressing that. I said right now, like, if you look, it's a whole flush of robberies going on. Right. Because now, you know, the money, the inflation is happening. There's the money is drying up on the streets. You know, it ain't no more street drugs doing good. It's all pharmaceutical drugs. So somebody else got control over it. So now you're seeing the streets kind of wolf out. You know, people like, hold up like this ain't right. And I'm going to do what it takes to make sure that I am living. And, and eating and getting the most I can out of life. So now they're not robbing Uncle, you know, Auntie Shirley that stayed three houses down for $1,200, her life savings on the same street. They're going to Beverly Hills catching people at these bistros wearing a million dollar watch, right? And they're like, we're going to rob this person. And um, I was saying, I was proud of that. 
I'm like, you know, that's the point of it. If you want the wealthy to hear your voice, you have to be in their face. Like your problem has to become their problem, right? The problems need to mesh. That's how Mm. humans gain other human beings' attention. And I was saying I was proud of that and I respected it because if you're going to rob somebody, go rob a motherfucker with something. Don't rob no motherfucker two doors down from your house that ain't got nothing. And they both were upset. Like, Glass, I can't believe you're encouraging people to rob people. You know, obviously they're hearing, they're not listening, right? It's hearing is a bodily function. Listening is a skill, right? You have to practice and take notes and really focus. So I'm telling her, I'm like, yeah, I never said that. And they were so upset. And we got into this conversation. You know, the point of what I was saying is we got into this conversation of being humane. If you know there are people starving, why in the fuck would you buy a million dollar watch? How, as a human being, could you be that disconnected from the human experience to where it's like the smartest decision you would make as a human being is let me buy this million dollar watch and it's somebody starving. Now, I get it. The reality is it's just you're selfish. And no matter, it's no other excuse. It never makes no other sense. It's no other way to put it. It's inhumane. It literally is inhumane by definition, right? But we've came to this conclusion where we live this life where it's like, I don't care about what nobody else is going through. That's on them. That's literally the mentality. Or it's the bare minimum efforts or it's the efforts that make you feel good. Not actually the real things you should be doing as a human being. And um, that's where it starts at for me. Like we're living in this weird space in America, right? Like where you said, like, right? You have to be super innovative, right? You have to be super innovative. You have to constantly plan for the expansion of people coming in. And it's tough in California because it ain't just necessarily people being born. You know, you have people, you know, coming from different countries. You know, you're not counting everybody there. So it's always going to be a tough out for this country. It's always going to be a tough out for this country. and And you can't go against... America's initial value. And and that's the point. Maybe the actual values that the American forefathers set up were not sustainable values or didn't contemplate everything that could happen. You dig what I'm saying? I think I think the idea is better than the actual execution, right? Because the, the whole theory of America was like, give me your poor, get, you know, give us your poor, you know, your blah, blah, blah. No, that, that, that was the theory that socialist France wrote on the statue that they mailed us. So that's not any American forefather concept. I wouldn't say so. I, I would say uh, I would say America is a haven for the ambitious, and 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 for those who wanted to have an opportunity to be upwardly mobile. Europe is a haven for the complacent and for those who don't, who want security and basic stuff. So at this point, then. So if you are over the Treasury or the Economic Department of America, how do you fix dictatorship? Let's go for dictator mode. How do you fix what's wrong with the American dollar? Oh, I mean, for dictator mode right now, if you right now, if women, if if the women around the world came to Pete and say, hey, Pete, we are tired of pussy being undervalued. 
pussy is at its lowest. Nobody cares that pussy is worth nothing no more. Pete, give us the decisions, the make decisions for us to bring the value of pussy back up to its highest levels. What would be well, the things you would tell women in America? Well, I'll put it in the financial terms first and the women terms second. The, the, the challenge with correcting the dollar situation in, in a bruised economy. I mean, like we're, we had negative growth the first quarter. I, it does not feel like we're rebounding in quarter two of this year by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. So we, we are in an, in a yet to be announced recession actively right now. Sure. You can't, what's that? As a great politician, they don't want to use that word. Oh no, no, no. They'll use anything. Never want to use the word recession. They will change every metric available. Um, sure, go ahead. Okay, so yeah. what would you do as dictator <laughs> of this American economy? What are the things, and I mean ruthless, ruthless, because it's, it's, it was ruthlessly executed to put it in this state. So what needs to be done ruthlessly to get us back on track? I mean, you, you really need to accelerate like right now two things have happened actively for sure by the government there has been restriction of supply and products in certain areas obviously that needs to be reversed immediately and aggressively no, and you have that again run that by me again there's certain re- restrictions to supply on the product side that have happened what supplies are being restricted exactly a a lot of uh, obviously the most glaring one is oil drilling natural gas drilling i mean the energy sector has been has been pushed down on by the biden administration the day he got into office he was signing executive orders changing that the day he got in office but this is the debate of what's healthy for the earth even though if you think about it, it's almost ridiculous. Well, I guess it kind of makes sense. Their mind have to be like, okay, we know this hurts the earth, right? Over using, you, it does. Be, it, it's no, no, you, you don't say this hurts the earth. Let me go grovel to Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Venezuela so that their old rusty shit can go do the same thing that our shit was going to do. And then we can spend the same money shipping their oil all the way up here instead of not having to pay for that. So you're saying it's a, it's a, it's one of those things I tell my homie, Joey Westside, where instead of being a good person, you're trying to look like a good person. Cause somebody's hundred percent from the earth anyway. So even if you're not yeah. taking your little sector, if you ain't taking it from the arm, somebody else taking it from the shoulder. And you and there's, and there's no EPA standard out there. It's not like our standard for emissions or whatever is being applied in Riyadh or in Venezuela's, you know, northern coast. It's not. So, I mean, do you, you think Russia and Vladimir Putin are, are counting the carbon molecules coming out of their refineries and their drilling apparatus, et cetera, et cetera. No, they're not. They're counting the dollars, or in this case, they're counting their rubles. So in other words, we're just trying to look good. Like, well, we're not doing it, but yet we still have to buy it and consume it. 100%. Okay. And then on top of that, we're also paying ships to send it across the ocean, risk it spilling, and 
all the gas is just used to burn it and put into the air just to bring it. And it is available under the under the soil that we call the United States of America. Fuck yeah. Okay. Okay. So okay. So the first thing you said, we got to stop posing and looking like we're good people and not over consuming the Earth's natural resources. We got to deal with the fact we are. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if we're and if and if we're gonna say, look, we don't live in a fantasy world where we're gonna solar and wind power generate the world's largest economy and every other developed economy in the world today. It's not going to happen. It's probably never going to happen, to be honest, but it's certainly not going to happen now. We don't pursue nuclear energy at all uh, for reasons unbeknownst to man. So there's hmm? no fear of health at that point of when you are drilling for oil and the possible contaminations in the air. Is that, is that really a thing that, they're avoiding or really does it not matter because you have the same gas stations and the oil is coming, or I guess maybe it's only coming on the truck or they're keeping it specific. Like what is the lie that they are telling to make this work? We know the lie that they're telling. I mean, at this point, the lie they're telling is just, we don't, we don't believe in fossil fuels. We believe in green energy. So you're buying all the fossil fuels. Okay. Got it. Come on. Next yeah. thing. Okay. So you um, have to, so immediately, you, you got to get back down to getting your own oil. Get it how you live. Yeah, you got to do that. We can't. Like, California is going to be shutting down the Diablo Valley nuclear power plant soon. I mean, how hysterical is that? California has not enough electricity as it is. It's one of the largest electrical power sources in the state of California. So they're going to shut that down. And then also mandate that every car in like 10 years be electric. How are you going to power the cars? And it's like, they just don't think anything through at all. So, you know, there's, there's no reality. Mystic on, again, it's back to that posing, trying to look like a good person versus mm-hmm. really measuring what it would take to do it. Or in your, in your face to feel like this is a 400 year plan that you need to put together for 400 years for you can even think about doing it. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's, there are so many holes in the green energy thing. Like one of the biggest issues, like, like rare earth minerals, they're called rare earth minerals for a reason. They're rare. I mean, it's a strain coming up with enough material to just create the power cells for electrical cars for the market demand that exists today. Multiply that market demand by 20. Where where are you going to come up with this stuff? You know, or or we're gonna completely and totally redefine like like there's gonna be some aha moment like the silicon chip is gonna rehappen where there's gonna be like a new piece of material they're gonna have a, have a carbon based energy fuel cell or something like that. It's like not gonna. That's so abstracted, far far away to to try to coordinate an entire economy around now when. Like that, that technology, not only does it not exist readily, it, it really, really doesn't even exist theoretically. Okay, so that's two things, right? So one, you have to stop posing and you have to contend with the fact you use too much oil to not actually dig on your own soil for it. Yeah. And, and part like, two oh, is... The concept uh, that you're using to actually make it work, which is, oh, we're going to go green energy. You have to accept that that's a a very much a long term plan. Very, very long term. Okay. Okay. What's the next thing? 
What's the third the, thing? The next thing is, I mean, to be honest, the was the hardest part. I mean, that that's a hard part. The hardest, hardest part is you have to cut all the bullshit out of the budget, stop stop spending a bunch of money, and be able to raise interest rates some. So what's what's the bullshit? Rand Paul does a great job of it. I mean, th- there is that's a 10 hour show. I mean, well, give me two or three things as bullshit economically. We, okay. The amount of money we spend on researching shit here, here's a really big one actually for like, like for welfare programs, right? I've seen it several times from different sources, like the United way and granted they have people who volunteer and stuff like that. But I think if you give a, dollar to the united way 80 cents reach its destination when the taxation pulls a dollar for a social program for people who need help with either medical or just cash or whatever it is 30 cents 70 cents on the dollar is just administrative cost it costs me twice as much money to hand you a check as the value of the check because of how bloated the federal government is and the state governments underneath it which is insane. I mean, imagine I owe you a hundred dollars. Well, you better give me two hundred dollars to go give that hundred dollars to him. It's not very efficient. So you feel the elite is hustling us as well as. So it's not necessarily what you're saying is. Before you even get something like welfare, it's elite hustling at the highest level for silly shit. By far. I mean, obviously, the United States government doesn't in and of itself produce anything, right? Other than like, I guess, postal service would be like the closest thing. <laughs> if you were to look at the 15 wealthiest counties in America, I think eight of them surround Washington, D.C. They're not all in Silicon Valley. Or in, they're like all in Northern Virginia and what it be Eastern Maryland or whatever the hell. It's just, it's just it's just siphoning money. I mean, think about it. Like, a, we run a deficit of like a trillion dollars a year. So our, our budget's like five trillion or something like that, or our revenue. Which, what you mean when you say they run a deficit of a trillion dollars a year? That means every year America is balancing owing niggas a trillion dollars every year. Yeah, we spend more than we make by a trillion. Like the, the GDP for the United States is like twenty trillion dollars. You, you got it. You see, you talking at seven. You got to talk at one. Okay. the The entire like dollar exchange value of the U.S. economy is like twenty trillion dollars in a year. The government taxes off probably about a quarter of that. I think it's about $5 trillion in tax revenue that we do a year. If memory serves, I haven't looked at this stuff in a while. And we overspend that by about a trillion. That's Most of that's nothing. The majority of that is like Medicare shit. You know, I like think 21% or 2% is military spending, which half of that goes to just paying people to live who are in the military. A lot of it goes to weapons research and a lot of it goes to horse shit as we saw in Afghanistan. So yeah, they just have to say, look, 
there's no there's not enough accountability you're going to get people who are married like like the same people who are married to this green energy agenda almost like religiously like they're emotionally married to it don't even logically make sense yeah you have people who are going to like like joe biden right now is objectively doing a terrible job and he's like physically mentally incompetent like there's not a lot of wiggle room on that. I guess it's not like I hate the guy and I'm saying that everybody knows. Yeah. It's obvious falling over the bike. He's got a 35% approval rating. Like one, one in three people in this country are like, no, he's great. But you got to understand what policy really is. What politics really is. It's not about actually making things better. It's about making people feel better. Exactly. That's, a big problem. Anybody yeah, can feel better fucking up. It's a problem, though. Well, you know what? Let me slow down. For sure, that's a problem here. For sure, that's a problem right in America. And that's a problem. But you know what? That also is a problem when intelligence is dim. I mean, when intellect is being dim, all you care about is how you feel. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking about what's actually better. Like, I go through that all the time. Like, I had a conversation with somebody. Again, like I'm saying, I'm telling Sherry, I'm like, you know, they live in a space where they want people to be, oh, like, I'm like, poor people should actually rebel in this country. You know what I mean? Because it is the responsibility of the wealthy to do right by other human beings. I mean, that's the responsibility of human beings. Being humane is to care for humans. And we just do our idea of caring is that like if we treated a woman the way the wealthy treat the poor people in this country. Everybody would call it we go to jail for abuse. We go to jail for abuse. So. Now, back to women, let's go back to this. What would women need to do? To, to counter the inflation of vagina, to put the true value in the wonderfulness that is vagina, what needs to happen on all levels? Like, get, you know what? You, you don't always do right by them, but do right by them now as it's, a foreman. I always do right by women because I'm the only one out here telling the fucking truth. And this true, is the truth, true. too. Okay. It's, they need to do two things. One, they need to stop doing like I was saying earlier, using the metric of value as a means to, like the metric of wealth as a way to gain wealth. So right now they're just, they do a lot of currency trading. You know, they're trying to get something for cheap for the pussy all the time. They need to knock that shit off and they need to accelerate the supply of stuff that you would want to get for the pussy. Like right now, there there's no goods. Like okay, so let's say like like what if you like a woman's basically saying to me, "I'll give you the pussy if you take the rest of me." Bitch, what the fuck is that? So you're saying pussy in its inception has no value. I'm not saying in its inception it has no value. Evolutionarily, like we have a drive to like need to do that, you know, it's like hardwired in our DNA. For I mean, obviously, other human beings come out that portal, yeah. So, 
the, the issue is they're oh, they've, they're convinced that's that's the most valuable part of them. I'm saying that the, I'm saying right now what, what's going on is women see all right. This is this is my valuable currency that I can use how I want to instead of using it to elevate my, you know, my, or the market's demand for me, I'm going to use it to get things out of the market. Mm. So it's now turned into Forex trading instead of value measuring. So you're saying instead of them, people wanting the pussy. So then they raise them up higher on the platform for other people to see they're exchanging it for Birkin bags, cars, thinking that somebody sees these things and puts value on the pussy. It's like, yeah. oh, I, get, I agree. I agree. Girls who think because they walking around with a $3,000 Birkin bag and jumping out of a C240 Benz feel like their pussy is more valuable than the motherfucker that's walking on a bus stop. But in reality, us as men, we don't see any different. No, we don't. And because it's, in theory, it's not better. Not at all. It don't matter. It's like you getting fucked the same way. Yeah, I just look at it and go, well, that one's way more overpriced than that one. Good looking out for tuning in to the No Sellers Podcast. Please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, comment, and share. This episode was recorded right here on the West Coast of the USA and produced by my homeboy, A-King, for the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Yeah. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 